0: Everybody. Welcome or welcome back to the genre of your life podcast, episode number 12, I believe. Uh, I'm one of your host, uh, Doug Jones, one of the producers, creators of the genre of your life. Uh, with me is always, my great two, co- two co-hosts, first off, Mr. Nick Johnson. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Happy to be here. Happy to be here, too, my friend. Last but not least, Mr. The One, the Only, Mr. Joel Kendalyn. How are you, sir? <laughs>
1: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Living life and surviving and happy to be here to take our fine, fine, fine listeners and fans on this verbal journey of our nagging.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Verbal German nagging. I love it. Um, Again, hello everybody. Welcome or welcome back to the show. Uh, As always, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music or your favorite podcast audio listening service as as a choice. Um, If you want want, follow us on social media, find us on the show. You can find us on Instagram at Midway Avenue Productions, uh, as well as uh, TikTok, also at Midway Avenue Productions. I just posted my out-of-theater reaction to air on there. Uh, Also, you can find us on uh, YouTube, youtube.com backslash Midway Avenue Productions. We'll be posting, uh, again, more reviews, at theater reactions on there as well, if you're not on Instagram or TikTok. Um, so yeah, let's get into it guys. So What's something? That, yeah, so I have my air review coming down l- later in the show, uh, but so Something I wanted to talk about I think I've been noticing a lot in the box office recently And I'm glad that John Wick ruled the box office. I'm happy for that for sure But I've been seeing a lot of articles and also a lot of like headlines recently about superhero fatigue, and I know I know we're Joel stands on this for sure I, I, I'll, I'm gonna ask all you guys in your opinion, but there's been kind of a thing of like, hey, you know, look at Ant Man. Ant Man had a really bad drop off. Look at Shazam. Shazam could even crack forty, thirty five, thirty five mil. Mm. And I think I think we're seeing this now. I think cause I how I see it too. There's a, there's so much content that's being you know pr- produced to us as consumers. But I do feel like the era of quote unquote like okay superhero comic book movies have now like to an end where you're not not putting out like a Batman or you're putting out like a Black Panther or you're putting out like a Spider-Man No Way Home or Avengers Endgame or I don't know something like Man of Steel I think that the era of passable okay superhero movies are gone and I think you know with the success of a lot of again, I know John Wick and I know Creed are all franchise movies but in a way, they are original to their own degree of bringing in new things we haven't seen before. Like in Creed 3, how Michael B. Jordan brought in IMAX cameras for to s- shoot a sports movie. Again, no sports for John Wick 4, but how, you know, Chastoliski and the team and Keanu brought some new techniques to, like, the action franchise, you know, different camera work, stuff like that. Nick, I'll start with you, actually. As someone who appreciates comic book moves the way we all do, do you think we're seeing a fit fatigue right now superhero genres? Or it's going to be like, you know, once The Flash comes out or Guardians of Galaxy 3 comes out, we're going to be like, oh, just kidding. It's not fatigue. I mean, where do you stand right now on that?
2: You know, I. That's a good question. I never, th- like me, like you said, I'm a huge comic book uh, guy ever since I was a kid. Like, I've always wanted to see, you know, like all of the superheroes on the screen and especially all interacting with each other. But. As of recently, like when I do when I when I saw um Ant Man three with you, I was kind of like okay, I'm starting to be a little I'm starting to feel the superhero fatigue a little bit, like because it seems like it's just more uh it's more like quantity over quality, you know what I right. mean? Like with with the MCU, yep. it seems like they kind of like push out all these movies and all these TV shows and yada yada yada, and it's like y'all are so focused on just superhero content you're not really focused on if it's good or not because like after watching m3 it's like i feel like this movie didn't really need to be made and it, it felt like it was really just a vehicle to advertise uh jonathan major's um kang the conqueror right you know what i mean so it's like oh man i think uh no i think i think fatigue might might actually be starting to to happen now, which hopefully at some point, like hopefully very, very soon. Cause I know like Marvel, they're trying to restructure things and they're focusing supposedly now on quality over quantity. So it seems like they're going to be like scaling back how much, how many like shows and movies they're and just focusing on making them as, as good as they can. Hopefully that trend just continues and then we can kind of get back to how the how they were in like phase one and phase three where they yeah. were just solid movies and it's, it's good storytelling, it's good um, uh, character development and it's not so much focused on all this you know CG green screen type shit, hopefully we get back to focusing on uh, just telling good stories, you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: I agree man, I think and then well, first off, I mean, Joe, Joe. I mean, I know how you feel, especially, I mean, you know, you've been very vocal on the show about how you're kind of done with Marvel, you're kind of like, it, you're, you want to see, you want to see better quality, stuff from DC, especially you, you were more of a believer in DC and the new era that they're going to bring in um, with with James Gunn's announcements. Do you feel, I mean, Joe, I, was, I mean, you're also, again, an avid comic book appreciator. Do you feel like there's going to be a fati- I think there's a current fatigue as well as a fatigue coming on about superhero movies in the box office?
1: Uh yeah, I think there is gonna be a fatigue. I think everyone's sort of tired of it. Um so I think D C is gonna have a challenging time to, you know sorry, I'm I'm hearing myself a little bit. Uh <laughs> I think D C is gonna have a challenging time to get people into the theaters to wanna really watch it besides the diehard fans and the right. you know, little kids. Because, like, again, like, like Nick said, like Marvel over—they killed their movies. Nick, do you have like your computer or TV volume on? Sorry. Oh uh, no, I don't think so. Because I'm hearing myself in the background, and your name keeps popping up. Well, do you well want bad. me to like? Oh my bad. Though.
0: No, I, I, no, I'm I, just I, I don't, I don't, don't hear anything because that's
1: like distracting me. I heard. I heard. I heard. I heard. I heard. So sorry. I'm not trying to like. You're no throwing us off, man. Neck, I'm, I'm <laughs> really like, really? Everything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so,
1: so well, what was I saying? Yes. So, very much so, like what Nick said is that with Marvel, they really fucked themselves over. Because Mm -hmm. what they try doing is, all right, let's start throwing all these side characters and all these little shit in, in these movies to where they stop focusing on the character themselves and do what a lot of movies do, especially like franchise movies. That's why, like, people really don't like sequels is that they stop focusing on the character stop building that character stop making new things they're just like oh we'll do the same shit we did last movie it'll be fine you know what i mean and which is makes it really hard for people to continue to enjoy these movies because now these marvel movies are all sort of blending into one another you know there's no Mm -hmm. there's no individuality uh and that's the thing about villains and superheroes and antiheroes is that they're all their own individuals so as everyone is sarcastic and an asshole and all this other shit you're going to get bored of it cuz it's just like this is not the character i grew up reading not the character i know and love like even if you're making an adaptation of it and changing certain things i'm not going to like it you know what i mean yeah oh absolutely so, so people are really fatigued from it because they're just like I've seen it all before, and and also DC has a challenging time already because people don't like DC. Yeah,
2: I'm with that. Like, I feel like DC kind of has to like prove themselves extra extra hard because like, yeah. like the the DCEU it, it started off very rocky, you know, because um, like Man of Steel I enjoyed it obviously, but a lot of people were kind of like, ah, oh, you know, it didn't really feel like Superman, it's and too then dark. It's too it dark, was... and then, like, yeah, and then, like, BVS came out. It's like, oh, I don't like that Batman's doing this, and Superman still feels weird. Everybody, uh, it seemed like Wonder Woman was pretty well-received, but, and, you know, First Suicide point, Squad, yeah. it was, they kind of just hacked that to to shit, and <laughs> they, the they did that one movie, bro. Like, well, every, the, every time I'm talking about Suicide so... Squad, it's like, I, I see the, it's weird, because I, I see the movie that it could have been. You know, and it's like, it's kind of, it's like, so I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I don't hate the Suicide Squad movie. Like, I like it, but I do wish it would have just been how David Ayer originally intended. Yeah. And obviously the 2017 yeah. Jessica League was whack. Oh my <laughs> God. Don't even get me started on that. So, um, <laughs> B.I.J., you bring up a good point, man, because now DC has to try like extra, extra hard to get people to want to see because especially with this whole like superhero fatigue thing you know people are kind of starting to get tired of marvel and you know dc just started off not in a good place but hopefully like with james gunn and because he seems like he's really going to focus on like character and the humanity of it also hopefully that kind of steers people more towards dc a little bit or at least makes them want to watch the movies because it's going to be not only beloved characters but characters a lot of people probably haven't even heard of
1: yeah, and, and another thing with it as well is um, that, like, people originally weren't big fans of DC from the beginning. You know, a lot of people like Marvel no, more. No. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I can say that as a person, as a comic book and fan, that uh, people really did love Marvel more. Why? I don't fucking know. Probably because, you know, it's lighter, but also, you know, I can see, uh, you know... M- when watching these DC movies, I've had my complaints, you know, <laughs> I, and it's understandable. So, you know, people already have this bad perception of DC, and uh, it, so these reboots, these new makes that DC has had to do so many times throughout these so many years is, is what's putting a Big hindrance on them. So, if they can do new and individuality and make it entertaining, especially when it comes to new things, then I think we'll be good. What I don't want to see is watching a DC movie feeling like I'm watching a Marvel movie, which we have mm. experienced before. Oh,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. It's present it's present and you know another thing this i think this is where i'm at too i mean again seeing the box office seeing how these movies have really been both dc and marvel that have been have had really bad drops like over like multiple weekends like shazam had a really bad drop uh ant-man 3 had a really bad drop second to second weekend it's Mm -hmm. you're seeing a thing now is that no there's not a lot you know i think okay my point was my point trying to get to was that there they used to be like I feel like the superhero movie genre has been like used to be like an event. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna see Winter Soldier this weekend. Oh heck yeah! I remember I remember going to see Captain America with you, Joe, in high school. we were like, oh, this, this was an event. Like, oh, we're going to see Captain America. We're seeing Guardians. We're seeing Ant Man. This was a thing. Or you two, Nick, in college, we're seeing Endgame. We're seeing Infinity War. We're seeing No Way Home. They felt like events, like an event night. Like wow, like everyone's going to this. Here we go. We're all you know coming back to this. Let's do it. To me, I'm kind of feeling like. They don't feel like events anymore. They feel kind of like another another genre movies coming out now. Great. I mean, I read an article the other day. It was like the superhero genre is becoming the new Western because Western back in the day, same thing. All you saw you know, back in, you know, 30, 50, 50 years ago or 60 years ago or more than that was Western, 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 Western. Love Clint Eastwood. But all he did was Western. Again, he's still a legend to, you know, to to movie history and to filmmaking, but I, the article was trying. The article was trying to compare of like, yeah, how westerns used to be huge, fatigue. You don't see westerns. You don't see westerns as much as you used to, or barely any. And now I feel like superhero is kind of like now taking that, taking that uh, like spot of like you now. There's so much of them where it's just like they don't feel special. To your point, Joe, they don't feel like events anymore. They don't feel like that they're, they're this huge like opening night things anymore. Yes, there's still one once in a while, like like a No Way Home. Or like Spider Man, whatever. But they don't feel like this is like the grand opening of a huge movie to me. I mean, I am more excited for like movie like a, like a Jordan Peele movie or a Tarantino movie or a Christopher Nolan movie because those feel like more like event movies to me. Like wow, we're going to the IMAX, we're going to see we're going to see it in Dolby, we're going to see it in this this format. Those to me are like in Ryan Coogler now too. I feel like I think once he gets out of Black Panther. He'll be for sure. Got like an event name. And again, I do credit this to Jordan Peele a lot. Where like seeing Get Out, out the Get Out. Then it was nope. Then, then it was us. Then it was nope. That those feel like more like event movies. Like, oh, we're seeing this new Jordan Peele movie. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to see the new Marvel movie. All right, cool. Like they don't feel like like the cool kid in class anymore. Or DC movies. Like, oh, you know DC movie, great. And I said this last week on the show too. I do feel like them announcing the rebooting everything for DC. No one cares anymore. Like no, they just don't yeah. care. Cause like, why, why? am I gonna invest my time in these movies now when I know it's gonna be rebooted in less than a year? Like, why should I invest in this shit when I know? as heard James Gunn people say, "Yep, rebooted." Like, who's coming back? Who's not coming back? So it kind of throws the audience off too. And I'm kind of, conf- I'm kind of like talking about more like the people who are plugged in, like we are. I feel like most the, the average movie going experience, average movie going people for the experience. We'll still go see these movies, but I do feel like we're seeing a fatigue, and I'm happy that I'm seeing a lot of horror movies like Smile, like Barbarian, and original IPs in the horror genre have become more event movies because it's the experience you're getting. And to your point too, Joe, the experience of the Marvel movies anymore, they just feel the same. They're all being kind of meshed together where it's hard to differentiate. Like, yeah, this one, this one's kind of the same thing. Like, who fought this person, this one? And you're right, Nick, you said about Ant-Man 3 how, they're starting off this, like, new phase, it's gonna be a big, bad villain. And you know, I both walked out saying, like, we didn't feel the threat. We didn't really feel, like, the, ooh, I can't wait for the next one. We're kind of like, all right, we're intrigued enough. But, like, it wasn't how we saw Thanos for the first time in Avengers, and they were building up to him in, you know, uh, Avengers 2 and Guardians or whatever. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's starting it's the, to feel, like,
2: too formulaic these days. Yes. And I think, I think yes. that's the problem.
0: Yes. And,
2: and
1: another problem that I have with the Marvel heroes is that everyone's sarcastic. Yeah, and humor, like, man. It's, it's like it's yeah, all they're the all, all just I'm, like, shit. I'm looking at Deadpool, Spider Man, Iron Man, Ant Man. Like, why are you guys all like? I people can be sarcastic. There are time where it's like, all right, that's great, but if that's every conversation that every hero has together, just because they're friends or something. It gets boring because it's just like why is everyone so sarcastic and joking constantly like sick, where's, calm, the lost... where's the deafness to this like you guys are talking about this person that wants to kill you and you're just joking joke, like joke, joke, i joke. joke but it's like not everyone in the situation especially
0: some of these heroes you know what i mean
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: it's it's all jokes and i wish I get, I'm gonna use this as an example. I know this is definitely like an outlier, but look at Logan. I mean, look at look how Logan managed Ooh. that. I mean, we all know he's so coming good. back now. Logan, to me, I remember seeing this with you know Nick opening night in college, and I remember you and Sebastian saw it at early screening. You're like, "Yo, man, this is the one." And my Joe was like, "Yo, bro, this is the one. You gotta watch this." And I was so hyped for this because I'm like, "Wow, they they took it like a more." grounded nature again another word is very kind of vague to you it's grounded whatever now I, I know but at the same time like that to me felt original that to me felt gritty that to me I, I felt the stakes i felt like the you know the you know the heart and soul that was put into that from hugh jackman from james mangold from everyone playing the kids or the, 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 the uh the villains of secondary characters Patrick. to me stewart Patrick Stewart, man. Patrick Stewart, you tell like, you can tell, like he put his all into that his last time. I mean, yes, he's backing down Doctor Strange. But like, to me, like just watching that was like, wow, like that shit an as a quote unquote comic book movie, that shit moved me because they used the violence for a good narrative purpose, as well as kind of like telling a I called it kind of a modern day Western, kind of like a like wrap of the comic book movie, a superhero genre, but to me it was more like a gritty western Comes kind of like a um like a Clint Eastwood type of movie that from, you know, from back in the day. But that to me, I was like, what? cause that movie still stuck with me. So i I'm like, wow, that really, really, really stuck with me because they used a different kind of like a formula for it. And again, at the time, this was getting six years ago now. And that was supposed to be the last, you know, Hugh Jackman appearance as Wolverine, last Patrick Stewart appearance, whatever. And that was before Disney bought Fox. So now things have changed, obviously, but I really kind of hope they go back to some of that of like, Using the Logan, you know, using, again, I'm not, again, you have winners. You have winners like Endgame. You have winners like Infinity War. You have things like Black Panther and No Way Home. But I do kind of miss the originality to it, like you both said, the originality of like bringing something new to the table because that's missing. And that's why I think we're going to see audiences kind of like tear away from superhero movies a little bit. Again, mm-hmm. I know the, our, we, we all heard The Flash and... is going to be amazing. Go ahead. Mm-hmm.
1: And I want to add to this, so you can continue. Two things. With Logan, the individuality—you know—the real character, and that's what Hugh Jackman has always like killed with it, and the writers too, is that they kept this as Logan. This is, this is Wolverine. Like Wolverine has lived for many, many years, has gone through lots of pain, but this hit him harder than anything because he lost a lot of people yep mm-hmm. broken. And he's broken and he's broken he, and his he doesn't want to be this hero anymore he lost that purpose when he lost a lot of people all at once and he only has one person left in this world you know, and they showed that they showed that pain they showed who Logan really is you know a lot of people see him as this ferocious guy that loves to like beat people up and kill people when and in, in reality like like Logan is a very broken man and now he's sad dude. and he healed you know he healed has a teacher has a friend has a team person has a hero and then lost it all and now he's even more broken than he ever was Mm. and they they portray that so well especially with patrick stewart who who you know in his older age he was you know xavier was confused and his powers were out of control as well you know um because he's the one that which was an intriguing twist that he was the one that accidentally killed everyone i was like okay that's really interesting different from the comic book but similar story you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um in and and another movie that did it so well that why it still did good was the doctor strange movie because of scarlet witch if it was doctor strange i wouldn't really give gave it a shit but scarlet witch is you know she she carried that movie her character carried that movie with the pain she had to go through with you know losing everything and trying to get back and you know didn't care about what she had to do to do it and you know with the with the killing of the you know secret avengers and everything like that, that was really good that so you know again individuality with scarlet witch and and making her very you know like impactful you know so yep. So the, these two characters, you know, three including Patrick Stewart, Xavier has always made these movies. They, they, they—that's what people want to see. That's what people loved, and Marvel, the writers, the directors, producers, like they're forgetting that, and that's because their previous movies, and that's why people really don't like sequels, because they're like, our previous movies did big numbers. Just do the same shit, and it's like it it blends in when it's such a wide universe, but it all feels the same, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah. They, I think, what one thing they really, really need to start focusing on again is like when they're telling a story about characters, like focus on Joe, like what you were saying, like focus on the essence of the characters, like who are they at their core, like focus on that instead of trying to do like you know, big spectacle shit, you know, like, because not every movie needs to be like a two and a half hour like sci-fi epic, you know, it's okay to yeah. tell more quiet, um, just, you know, just more well-written stories, even if it is like, a, you know, a little bit quieter, maybe it's even sad, or it's kind of like somewhat painful to watch, depending on the type of character that you're, that you're focusing on, like, like it's te- tell a story, don't focus on like, oh, look at this, and look at that, and this is gonna lead into this sequel, and then this spinoff, and blah blah blah. Like that, that's all fine and dandy, but like, you know, just, you know, just just write the story good. You know, fo- focus on who the character is, and then kind of, you know, maybe branch out from there. And I feel like yeah, that's that's what, I mean. what they like kind of lost sight of. Yeah, and that's why Spider
1: Man, all the Spider Man movies did so well, especially yep. the last one, No Way Home, because we mm-hmm. had three different Spider Mans. We really did. We had Andrew Garfields, we had, you know, we had Tom Hollands. They, they're all the same person, so they all had similarities, obviously, and they showed that, but they all were different people. They all went through different things. And the writers did so well with that story that's why the Spider-Man movies are doing so well because they focus on the character of who Peter Parker is and you know it was really good especially when they added that one scene of Andrew Garfield catching Zendaya I was like oh mm-hmm. my god full circle go. man <laughs> Full circle, full circle and, eight years and A lot later. of different things in, during the movie, especially with the villains and everything. I think that was really great. You know, again, individuality with the villains and the heroes. Like, they always... And even the side characters, such as Zendaya and his best friend, like, they did well telling a story and having those individuals be individuals. I feel like... The writers for a lot of other movies forgot that, and they're just like, "Well, people like these heroes, like you know what I mean." Like if Captain America didn't have his pain, his you know his experience as Captain America and before that, like no one would give a shit, you know. Same with Iron Man, you know. It's like it feels lackluster. Like it feels like I don't give a fuck about these characters when I'm getting the same shit, especially villains. Villains carry these stories because they're the threat they're the challenge they're the twist they're the they're they're the things that are stopping the hero and that's what people people love to see villains get beat people also love to see what the villains can do how they're doing it what they're gonna do not just like i'm gonna whoop your ass and take over like no, like all right cool fucking change it up you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. shit like like that's why people love like Batman villains, like the Joker is fucking insane. you never know what he's gonna do next, but compared to like you know compared to like the core vowels, the core vowels, you know what they're gonna do they you're not gonna know exactly what they're gonna do, but you know how they play how they do things with the Joker. he's very chaotic, he's very crazy, you never know what to expect, and, you know like two face like two face is ruled by coin, but you know so you know he's going to be led by that but at the same time like you don't know what to do you know it it, it yep. they carry these characters especially with the internal battle of, of Batman never wanting to kill people. Batman doesn't kill. He doesn't want to kill. He never wanted to kill the Joker. And that also shows when he's interacting with people that are affected by the Joker, such as Barbara Gordon and and Jason Todd. Like Once you have these characters who are just like, fucking get rid of him, kill him. Why won't you kill him? And Batman's like, no or like trying to save everyone even the villains themselves who deserve to die in my eyes like but he has a moral code he doesn't mind whooping your ass and putting you in the hospital but you're not dead <laughs> 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 like, but it, it, it's like things like this that they they need to put into these movies they need to show you why this hero is who this hero is not just his origin story but who he is as a hero in person and why batman is bruce wayne and bruce wayne is batman why clark kent is superman superman is clark kent they have different they have they have their you know identities and then they have their superhero identity but at the same time they are the same person they need to do that. That's what I mean when I talk about individuality and and character building and and character s- storytelling.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, impo- it's, so, important. Yeah. it's, important. it's important. It's important. Super important. Important. And mm-hmm. Again, we're gonna we're gonna see it over the summer. I mean, comes the flash and Guardians of the Galaxy. What's gonna happen? But again, it's it's on the fans and box office. Again, again we'll see. Um, yeah, but anyway, before the show, Joe, you want to talk about something Star Wars related? Correct. <laughs>
1: Yes, yes. I completely <laughs> blanked on that, not going to lie. Uh, what was <laughs> I going to say? Um, people, but, but all the big Star Wars fans who are keeping out with the shows, like The Mandalorian Season 3 and Bad Batch, the animated show, uh, are really loving it, and I think they're doing really well, but also, I was going to say something, shit. I forgot. I'm gonna <laughs> be honest.
0: I, uh, no, I I I started watching season three of Mandalorian, and I read an article today. I think it was on Variety or something. Where I was kind of this kind of surprised me because I think this is their best Star Wars Disney project was. well, I think Force Awakens is, but that's a whole different conversation. That this is the we're seeing uh, uh, Disney Plus has been seeing also a um a decline in viewership on the Mandalorian, and that surprised me because I'm like, wow. Really? I like Yeah, that, that is, is depressing.
1: Boom. Because as a Star Wars <laughs> fan who's watching The Mandalorian, let me tell you, Dave Filoni and um Favreau, John Favreau, fucking killing it they're integrating different shit through the animated shows and movies and integrating into really good story and it's so good especially because now we're refocused on the mandalorian being a mandalorian like we Mm. even went to the planet mandalore which is like the first time i feel i think so first time Mm. it's like live action that they've showed it, it's destroyed, but you know what I mean? like they haven't showed they never went to
0: Mandalore in any of the
1: movies uh,
0: and and this is okay, I'm going to go my little little tangent right now, a little quick tangent for <laughs> i have and this, I've said this very openly multiple times I, in per- in conversations on maybe on the show outside the show i I truly feel. Kathleen Kennedy. I think she's a great producer before Star Wars. Again, she produced stuff like all most of Steven Spielberg's movies, which I'm a huge fan of. Like she, she really is a Hollywood class, you know, hall of fame producer. I think she has managed Star Wars and Lucasfilm piss poorly. And mm-hmm. I, I can go off on days for this, but my thing is she does not believe in her filmmakers. Look what happens with again. And, look what happened to filmmakers to so hire someone fires them the next month and this is something that i know i can definitely like feel i can relate to, not relate to but i can like you know i have a little you know personal um you know feelings towards that chris phil lord chris miller who i admire so much as filmmakers to our listeners these are these guys are the guys who did 21 jump street 22 jump street uh the first cloud of meatballs movie the first lego movie these guys also have produced and wrote the Spider Verse movies. That was their—they wrote it and produced it. Also, the show called the After Party. These guys, to me, are really creative, super nice dudes. They—they they, they are super good writers. They're super good directors. And you're telling me halfway, ninety percent done production of Solo, which again, I will—I don't double back up on this. I don't I feel about but I feel like Solo was a very underappreciated Star Wars movie. It's a very oh underappreciated Star Wars movie. God, yeah. Perfect dude. casting all around. I think so Gambino good. stole the show. Glover stole the for show real. as Lando in uh, Solo. I feel that movie got so much hate for no reason because I think mean, it was coming off the heels of Last Jedi. People, a lot of people hated Last Jedi. Also, and they, and they, went, they...
1: they wanted Harrison Ford to be, you know, Han Solo. I'm just like, how? Like, he's old. He can Were well, they gonna like age base. him or something? Yeah, they wanted people
0: to date. They wanted people to date. People wanted t- t- them to de age Arizona Ford. Yeah, so oh they life.
1: wanted him to de age him. I'm like, no. Because no. no. you would just like also, the, like, the Irishman issue. Hates, yes. yep. He also hates. Yes. He also hates han zolo like he hates that character he's happy that he oh, did that's him. true <laughs> he's, he's just, really he's just he, he doesn't does want to go him. back he was you know how he he did not want to be han zolo anymore like he's done no. especially having to play a younger version like running and all this shit like he didn't want to do that but also let's talk about how harrison ford himself said the, the actor did really well i don't know he the proved. actor's name he, there, he, and I he did again. and i watched the movie i really do enjoy it i think they did it's really fun, well man. story it's fun it's good like it's a good origin story for han good solo casting. like that makes a lot of sense i don't i don't want, a lot of people are like it wasn't good why they didn't have harrison ford what else is it silence like, <laughs> Fucking it. what like silence, you can't man. tell me the movie good and then not give me examples of why it's not good like they did really good it was a yeah. good movie
0: there was no I,
1: need for the hate because they so did so hate.
0: well they did so well like There's so much <sighs> no, hate for that movie and again like i said it was the heels off of the last jedi and my and my thing was i think how she i think how the president of, of, of lucasfilm handled it was she didn't like what Phil Lord, Chris Miller, uh, Chris Phil Chris Miller were doing. Which to me, I'm like, have you seen their work? These guys know what they're doing when it comes to storytelling, animation, and character building. And to me, and then when she and when she fired and when she fired them, I said, "What?" And I'm and then listen, she brought in Ron Howard. I'm a huge Ron Howard fan. I'm a huge fan of him as a actor, as a person, as a as a filmmaker. Not a problem with that. But the, she gave them, she gave the directors special thanks credit not producing credit, I could be wrong. I think it's special thanks or maybe the EP producer uh, it's like the producer but that doesn't mean shit and sometimes some, some so I was like, wow, you so you fired these guys who did 90% of the, of the film on the filming who again, who hired Alan Reich, who hired Amelia Clark, who hired uh, uh Donald Glover, who hi- who hired Woody Harrelson, and you trusted these guys to make this movie for you and you had no faith. Again, look, she, then look at yeah, what happened to Colin Trevorrow who did um a, you know, the first Jurassic World movie called Safety Not Guaranteed, good filmmaker. And he got hired to do to do episode 9 originally. And he made an independent movie that came out in between Jurassic World and episode 9. And, she, and then she's reactionary. And she goes, Ooh, the, the, the little indie movie flopped. We're firing him. And I love mm. JJ. I was hyped when they brought him back for episode 9. I have flaws with, that with episode 9. It's still fun at times. I still have fun with that movie regardless. <laughs> yeah, I'm. But it's, the problem
1: with episode nine is that it was all not patchwork, but it was what? What's the word I'm looking for?
2: Like damage they, they, they didn't
1: damage control.
2: Yeah, they, they, they should have when they were making the trilogy. They should have had like that end goal in mind from the start because, like, well, joke, yeah. you just said it's patchwork. Yeah. Like it feels like. That, like, I'm okay, let's make this one. Okay, bet. Um, yeah. And now let's make this one. It didn't feel like it was just one giant story. So now, like, it was all just kind of, like, Frankenstein together.
1: Yeah, it was all damage control. Because, you know, the number eight, the eighth movie, you know, was his name? Jake Johnson, right? Something like that?
0: uh Ryan Johnson. Uh, uh, Johnson I mean, Ryan yeah, yeah. Johnson.
1: I was thinking Ryan, but I said Jake. Ryan Johnson, he threw out... So I, I I admire what JJ wanted to do, right? He wanted to reintroduce the series, but he was like, "I want someone else' creativity added to this." But I'm a blame. So I'm to blame multiple people for mm-hmm. episode eight because it was Ryan Johnson who threw out whatever work that JJ made, but also the fandom, you fucking oh, idiots. Huge. Fucking complaining <laughs> about every single thing that JJ did just to introduce us to the new characters, right? To make a start movie, cause y'all bitched about every fucking little thing. We got episode eight instead, and Ryan Johnson felt pre-pressured from from the produ- from the production and everything. They're like, "Look, the fans didn't fucking like it. They're complaining online. Fucking do something." It was like, oh, "Okay," and just. Demolished whatever no hope I had for that <laughs> fucking shit, and then JJ came back and he was like, "Fuck, I gotta fix this." And so we had yeah. episode nine, which was all damage control,
0: better than number eight, but still shit. Yeah, it's not—it's nothing that to like be proud of. And to, again, the, I, I, to you guys too, I run this to you guys. who again, we're all writers here. To, to our listeners too, if you can read the original script for episode nine by uh colin trevorrow and Derek connolly wow man that is a great star wars script that was a great star wars script and i said wow i love jj abrams i admire him as a filmmaker i always have since i was a kid but if you read the original direct the original script for episode nine before J.J. got back on board that it's a fantastic script i think it was called duel of the fate no no no, no, no duel of the fates it was um from the end of it but it was episode nine something 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 and the script i read i, think I read during, during during lockdown and i was like wow this was a really good script i want to see this movie be made now but mm-hmm. back, to my, back to my point though is kathleen kennedy is very reactionary when things don't go her way look example no example real quick wonder woman wonder woman 2020 oh, uh, uh, 84 not 2020 84 <laughs> she Oof. she hired she she hired Patty Jenkins, who I'm a huge fan. of Patty Jenkins, I think she's a great storyteller, a great visionary, good a good filmmaker. 100. She, they had her record a snippet before One Woman Two came out, 84 4 came out, of her saying, "Hey, my next movie is going to be a Star Wars Rogue Scop Squadron movie about how like my my parents were pilots in the in the uh, in the Air Force." I'm gonna make like an Air Force movie, but with like fighter pilots in Star Wars universe. I said, "Cool!" And he saw this whole video of her, a Patty Jenkins, you know, roller skating in this huge air air base in maybe Nevada or California or Arizona. It's a really cool little teaser. And guess what? And exactly, guess what? Wonder Woman '84 comes out, and Kathleen Kennedy goes, "Nope, you're fired. It's you're not giving these people a fair chance." And that to me is like, not you're not a good leader, and you keep firing these people when one okay. Yeah, one thing goes wrong, you you're all have faith in your filmmakers and you fire them because you're reactionary. And that's yeah, me- with
2: franchises. I'm with you dog Like with franchises, you, you can't be too like, like reactionary because that's like you like what you're saying right now, that's kind of what's fucking up these uh, these Star Wars movies. That's exactly. definitely what fucked up the DCEU, man. And it's like like e- yes, you gotta listen to the fans and you have to be mindful of what they want, but you know, again, like what we were saying um earlier, like just focus on telling a good story and you know, exactly. don't focus so much on like, okay, well this studio was doing this, so now we gotta do this. Oh man, it didn't work mm-hmm. when we did this, now we gotta do like the opposite. We gotta do that, or we gotta do this. Like, bro, just hey, relax. You know, just fuck it, write the script, tell the story, and you know, obviously make sure it's like cohesive and stuff. You can't like, huh? that's what's I think that's what's so kind of like frustrating about some of these franchises right now. It's like, you're just, you're not telling stories. You're just competing with other studios or you're trying to play <laughs> catch up with other studios.
0: Exactly. The, and, and, and go, ahead, go Joe. Uh,
1: my thing is it's really like it's production's fault. A lot of the time that these movies are failing because they're, they're like like Doug said, like they're not trusting in their writers and directors, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, with their creativity, they're just like, "I envision something different by like it was like Bired. how how can you envision something different when these are the people you're telling like make it like if you if you' if you envision something different, make it yourself, don't be like, "I'll support you, you do your creative thing and make this whole thing like." Like you know it doesn't make sense of what like what you're doing like your your role in this is to support your directors, your writers and make sure it goes smoothly. Your role is not to be create like you're, you, 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 you took away the creative role for yourself yeah. because you wanted yeah. to produce it. You took that creative role from yourself you're not the creative one here, so why are you saying i don't? This is not what I wanted.
0: Fired. Fired. And you're
1: like, no.
0: And that doesn't make off-
1: sense. You're hiring people to do the creativity. It's like you hiring an artist and being like, this isn't what I wanted. I told you to
0: do what you feel best and I don't like it. Like, that doesn't make sense. You know <laughs> it what I any mean? Sense. It doesn't. It doesn't, dude. And that's my point. I'm like, I'm seeing this for the past couple of years where she brings people on and she fires them immediately. Oh, I don't like that. Fired. Or your, your movie flopped at the box office. Fire. Okay. She wasn't gonna make one woman in space. She was gonna make, they, 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 Chris Phil Lore and Chris Miller were, we're gonna do Twilight Jump Street in space. They're making these character movies that they were brought on to do because of their past their past because of their past work they worked on. that to me is so reactionary where i'm like oh my gosh last week too damon linioff who was a great writer on he wrote watchmen the tv series you're the first two star trek um movies with jj abrams good writer same thing his show got his show got plugged i think his last show got canceled whatever so again she's being reactionary because she's saying ooh you you failed another another studio another nixon another studio or another you failed at somewhere else cool see it like you hire them for a reason Give him a chance. You I think you're kind of being like, oh, they're, they're gonna fail Star Wars too. You don't know to give them a chance. And that's been like pissing me off for the past couple of years with her as a producer, as a head of the as a head of this Lucas film. Again, like I said, she's a great producer prior to Lucasfilm. I and that's why I'm really worried about Indiana Jones 5. I'm again, I love James Mangold who did Ford vs. Ferrari and Logan's doing this. I love him as a filmmaker. I'm so excited for him to do to do it after after Spielberg walked away. But her in charge of look of Indiana Jones scares me. So that's a huge part of my childhood, huge part of why I love movies and growing mm. up, I am very concerned. And, and there's rumors to that she's she's out. She she be fired in over this over the summer at the Indiana Jones. Again, I, I don't wish anyone failure in this business whatsoever. I do feel like it's time for her to step down and have another position somewhere. Go back to producing non Star Wars movies, non Lucasfilm movies, because you have not proven yourself to us as fans. And as people who enjoy these movies and TV series, because you don't know what you're doing, I'm sorry. Again, I'm not a producer. I can't say I, I, I do a job better than her. I can't say that whatsoever. But I've noticed. I think a lot of people have been noticing this, especially myself, is that she's not being fair to her filmmakers. She's not being fair to the fans of, this, of these of these of these stories. And like I said, her her Indiana Jones five comes out in June. And I'm really nervous because I'm like, please don't ruin Indiana Jones for me. Don't ruin Harrison Ford for me. Do not, don't, don't corrupt James Mangold for me because I love all these, th- all three things. And I'm really concerned about that—that that she has the power to do this. Because I'm like, uh-oh. It just, it just worries me. But again, I'll say this again, I think she's a great producer for Lucasfilm. Some great, she produced a lot of great Spielberg movies. I have no issue with that whatsoever. I don't think Star Wars was a place for her. And again, too, listen, guys, it's been now uh, almost five years. We haven't had a Star Wars movie since, and people back then were like, "We don't need more Star Wars movies. We, we, we need more TV series." Oof. And now I hear some, I hear some. All the fans now, I listen to them on podcasts and read articles, and I uh, check the Discord or whatever. People are saying, "Where are the movies at?" I'm like, "Huh?" Four or five years ago, you were saying, "No more, no more Star Wars movies. All TV shows." Now everyone's saying, "We want the movies back." Yeah, no shit, because Star Wars is meant to be on the big screen, on the yeah. big screen as as, as like. it belongs.
2: That's true. That's true, man.
1: (laughs) Here's the thing, like, as a Star Wars fan since I was, like, really young. I do love the shows. I really do. Uh, I want movies again. Because mm. they said the Skywalker stories are done. Done. So, like, that's fine. Especially the last year. (laughs) But, (laughs) you know, but here's another thing is that, like, besides production... Yo, fandom, shut the fuck up. Oh, it's, it's you guys so are that's killing our shit. You guys, like, everyone has a fucking bitch about shit. Look, I, <laughs> I don't, I'm not telling you, like, don't have your fucking opinions, but don't you're you're hindering these creators. You're being toxic. You're gatekeeping. When remember when Jar Jar was a thing, the actor almost killed himself. Why? Because of the mm-hmm. fucking fandom. Star yeah, Wars yeah, it's, episode yeah, so eight turned it would be, out like, to be shit about it, because but, of the fuck. fucking fandom. Mm-hmm. We haven't yeah. had a Star Wars movie in a fucking fat minute because of the fucking fandom. Shut the fuck up. guys are ruining fucking lives like you, you can't win don't like here's the thing i don't mind when people are like all right the comic books what's canon this is what little lucas has said this is what this is about if they're making if they're doing something incorrect in the movies or shows i'm fine with you complaining about that but if you're yeah. bitching about something that does not matter, that is a little thing, shut the fuck up, because <laughs> you guys are ruining it for us all. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like fuck. No one my wins. Life. No one, no one, wins. one fucking no wins one when wins. you hate every single fucking thing that someone does. Episode seven was just a fucking introduction. It was an introduction, and people were just like, oh, my God. It was so similar. Like, okay, there's a couple more movies. Wait. See what happens. (laughs) But no, since you guys wanted to bitch about every little fucking thing about it, Finn, Finn was fucked up the ass.
2: Yeah, he, so he should silent. have been the main character. He's was, I really he thought he was going to be the main a... character of this new trilogy, man. Finn Finn should've, he should have been was the main. supposed yeah.
1: to be a trooper that turned out to be a fucking Jedi. And what the did glory. we have him with a random weird love story with an Asian chick and then his unrequired love for Ray? which she ignored because she was flirting with her supposed to be cousin and then with the fucking flight guy. Fuck my yeah, life. Well,
0: yeah, Oscar Isaac. That's dude, your dude. fault, fandom. <laughs> I, Fuck I my remember, life. I remember seeing episode 8 again with Joe. So, so, and, I remember, and I remember I was like, you know, I'm seeing my boys. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen Star Wars with them in a while. And we're watching it and the end, the end of episode 8 where like, we're Poe flirts with, with Ray, and I'll hear it with Joe goes, where did this come from? Out loud in the theater. <laughs>
1: There's there's several times I've had outbursts. Doug and like (laughs) can like he laughs every time because I'm just like bro like because like episode eight she's flirting with with uh, Kylo I'm just like that's your fucking cousin he he heard me and that that was weird to me but like like below my breath I was like that's your fucking cousin this incest and then fucking started flirting with Poe I'm just like what. Like, you can't have this whole gigantic romantic love story with this fuck and then just be like, oh, yeah, I'm a good guy. Here's a. Good guy, and fuck my best friend Ben because you know whatever. Like you can't do that. Like it, it's just shit. It pissed me off because I'm just like, this is she's suppo- this is cousins. They're supposed to be cousins. <laughs> she's supposed to be a Skywalker, and then we got some weird Palpatine bullshit in the next one. I was like, They're oh my god, Damn, that, that was pretty wack. wack. That was pretty. <laughs> that was so troll, man. wack. And, oh, that's why I'm fucking want to talk about because I know y'all ain't gonna watch the fucking anime show. And to all the people who are watching Bad Batch and have not caught up to the season finale because if you fucking haven't that's your own fucking fault. I'm gonna talk about
2: it. I'm gonna spoil hey, no to no Wait, actually hey hey no, no, no. before you um <laughs> I just have a question are is are all of the animated shows and like the spin-off shows and the movies is that all just one legit like universe? Like it's all canon all for Star yeah, Wars
0: no okay spoilers. <laughs>
2: okay interesting because like, bad bad, it's, it? it's been on my list for for a minute man yeah okay, let me watch, watch it but it. Okay. <laughs> yeah don't, don't spoil Wait, me, hold on
1: did you watch <laughs> did you watch clone
2: wars i started it that's on my list too but like i just haven't had a chance bro. to finish it yet okay i'm
1: gonna tell <laughs> don't you right do it, now bro. I'm I'm you it, man. Man. I'm I'm continue continue with the bad Batch thing i'm not gonna Anything. I'm not, I'm not okay, going to TJ T- here, okay? All right. <laughs> I did that once by accident. Oh yeah, Doug was mad at me. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. it was a long time ago. One mistake. Anyway, a was, long time
0: ago in a, a galaxy far, far
1: away. <laughs> for real. That, that was years ago. I have not made that was say, <laughs> That was the old me. That it was the old me. That was TJ. His 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 fucking spirit was in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> anyways anyways uh the clone wars is a really good show. Continue to watch mm-hmm. it before you start bad batch because okay. okay so bad batch is after order 66.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. So
1: clone wars is before. It's it's it, it is all is is basically filling you in on what happened in the trilogies. So, but mm-hmm. between so yeah, well, it's, it's between like
2: two and three, right? The the Clone Wars. Yes,
1: and okay. it also explores Anakin Skywalker has a teacher because he is a Jedi Master. He mm-hmm. just wasn't part of the con- Council, so they he is a Ahsoka. teacher, right? Yes, yeah, he he trained Ahsoka, and okay. you know it it shows who Ahsoka is as a character, but also shows like in between what happened between like you know with obi-wan kenobi and you know with uh, Anakin and skywalker count dooku and like how everything happened and like to bring back the story of Ma- like a lot of shit happens so it's a long show and there's gonna obviously be boring parts where you're just like i really don't give a shit watch mm-hmm. it pay attention and continue watching because those last two episodes are the best fucking animated mm-hmm. cartoon shit I have ever fucking seen. That shit mm-hmm. went okay. hard. They did not hold back on those last two episodes. Those last two episodes were straight fire. Mm-hmm. 10 out of fucking 10. Perfect. That's that Star Wars shit I've been wanting for fucking years. Mm-hmm. Watch okay. the show.
2: Okay. okay? No, Clone I'm definitely gonna do that. that, I, that I saw something really, really well. when I was a kid. Yeah.
1: So, Bad Batch does really well to explore and explain what happened after Order sixty six, especially to the clones. So, I'm going to say, okay. no spoilers with that.
2: It it would be interesting if if there was a movie that just kind of focused on even just like a random character, but it was it takes place like during Order uh, sixty six, like maybe it's like a, a a Jedi in training, and like it's kind of like maybe that's like his first day and it's like, oh man, like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm so confused. Everybody's just killing all the Jedi. And then it ends with like him or her getting killed or something like that. And it's just like this kind of somber, like I'm just trying to survive the night kind of thing. And then, you know, ultimately they don't. I think, I feel like that could be a good, a good story. Like, I I feel like there's a lot of Star Wars stories um, that you could tell. Like, I wouldn't be mad at like, if if there's like a Mace Windu movie or like a a movie that kind of explores like the origins of the Jedi and the Sith and the Force, like maybe like billions of years ago or however the fuck long. Like maybe there was just one group of people that became aware of the Force and then they used it, and then it was just like two people in that group. Kind of, they decided uh, I. I want to use it this way and the other one's like, "Well, I want to use it that way." And then that's how like they they just diverge and then that's how you get like the separation, that's how you get the Jedi and the Sith because like the the, mm. uh, the philosophies are just different. It's, it's like there's there's so much you could do with that and while I enjoyed the whole Skywalker story, I am happy that it's done because again, yeah. like it's it's a it's a whole galaxy's worth of stories you could tell, you know. Oh yeah, a lot of
1: characters. I would love to see a movie about uh the clone commanders like their secret like like the clone like special forces you know the ones mm-hmm. that did like the secret like big crazy missions you mm-hmm. know what i mean which they've also explored within like like fan animations if you go on youtube like watch those like fan animations because they're like three five minutes long like they're really good like they look like literal like Legit work, and like okay. it's super interesting. So definitely go on YouTube and look up some of the fan animations, cause they, cause one of the fans they also did the fight between Darth Vader and Obi Wan Kenobi, but the the older like the Ben, uh, Kenobi, Ooh, like the one where Darth Vader, ben. yeah, and they you know when when Luke is you know like when he's like Obi oh, Wan and Obi Wan like puts his lightsaber away and darth vader slashes him Mm -hmm. you know like that they someone actually animated that for like a bigger more like scripted fight like more intricate moves and everything uh so that one's really cool and really well like did they did one where they're showing uh troopers and clone i think it was i don't know i don't think it's clone i think it's stormtroopers they which by the way clone troopers were Better than the fucking stormtroopers, but like they, they show they show like like the grittiness of the battle where like someone gets hit with the laser and like you see like the fire spread and like them dying like it's really dope. So definitely go Ooh. on YouTube and check out the fan animations because the fans really do work hard on those stuff and they yes, look indeed. like legit work. So definitely check them out.
0: Okay, no, I'm definitely gonna do that. As long as long as uh, Kathleen Kane doesn't fire anyone else. Hopefully, they'll have a good story. <laughs> 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 He's like, mm, I do like Fingers that. Uh, I get like, hmm, I will never do this to these guys. And it's like, yeah, well, let's you know, surprise, surprise, because yeah, that's. Don't, I think <laughs>
1: that's a good topic to to talk about. I think uh, I just off which is how people on YouTube are doing better work than actual movie productions and TV. Well look movies. at that too. Exactly. And, and not just and Star went, Wars and a nope. lot of
0: different things. And you know what Matt? And this is something that again you went real quick. You went my little two cents. Yes. You know why? Because again, look it's it's idea I feel bad for people who work in VFX who have who have strict deadlines because it's they're being told this, 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 this. And you know, you're right, Joe. Right, people on YouTube, even on TikTok or whatever, on any kind of social media, they're showing how creative people can be with fan, with like fan films or like visual, like people who do visual effects for fun. You know, that's really impressive because you're not on like a tight deadline. You're not like being like so stressed. I can I, I remember during the pandemic, I was hearing stories about how like yeah, like people have been people people had to go in person to do visual effects. Were like sleeping in their clothes, man, sleeping bags, but they were so stressed out of the because you know, of the how like these strict deadlines it, and and go back to our conversation earlier you're right nick you're right it's the quantity over quality where it was people because mm-hmm. the quality we sorry, quality over quantity for us but for a lot of, for a lot of productions it's quantity over quality where you're like go 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 these strict deadlines And you're not giving people a chance to breathe or put their best work forward. And I think to your point, Joey, you're about to say is that you're right. We're seeing a lot of people who are not hired by Star Wars or Disney or these big studios and are doing really incredible work because they're because they're given the freedom to to create their own stuff and not be kind of like held under a like a a magnifying glass, not being like, hey, I'm gonna tight leash. Hey, you got got to do this instead of this. It's having the artistic freedom to like. Express your work and not be kind of like restricted into Mm. like kind of that corporate stuff, but more like just like the the studio system. Which again, I'm big fan of the studio system. I'm a big fan of what studios do for entertainment. Huge, 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 huge. But I think there is we are seeing a lot more freelancers, and we're seeing a lot of people who are not who are not who are not contracted by these studios and productions who are doing great work on YouTube and TikTok and anything because it's it's people now can. People now can create stuff on their phone or on their iPad. And it's very impressive what people can do with, uh, with a piece of technology, with, 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 an, with an Apple product or your Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true.
1: I, and it's really good. Like, besides the people that are shooting stuff, like the VF, uh, VFX, right? <laughs> yeah. They are like video games where they drive them really hard with time crunching and everything like that was like dude you need to give these guys their time and also like, like I don't understand why production doesn't have like an actual conversation with VFX and be like how long do you think you can make this as good as you can you know what I mean like with the artists mm-hmm. themselves because like man that must be a draining job you yeah to, it's because they're just because... focused on
2: pumping out as many products as they can at a time bro Yeah. Yeah. But what's 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 exhausting
1: is that these guys have to like go in and like make the detail like with like video games nowadays like which by the way, when they're showing like video games now, like when like if you watch like the the directors and everything talk about video games, it'll be like if you zoom in, like we'll show you here, like the fabrics like are like looking like really good. Like we went in and detailed everything. It's like they have to do that for movies, you know. Yeah. Like, yep. it's not like the past where you're just like, "All right, well, we're gonna do this." It, like, like everything is more detailed. You're expecting yep. them to do this detailed ass movie, which is mainly CGI, mm-hmm. you know, VFX, like, and you're you're giving them like a year to do it. They need time. Yep.
0: It's time. To you know what I
1: mean, it's, yeah, they need go. time. Like, again, and, like people do video games, like, like video games will take five years to come out, and these motherfuckers are still crunching. And yeah. you're, you're giving them to do a movie in a year? Come less on. than a year.
0: Less, less than less a year,
1: too, for some of them. Yeah, well, like, come on.
0: I, I want to give, yeah, I want to, I want to plug our very own Nick Johnson here that look, look, Nick made his, make, Nick made a short film in his apartment for probably like, Less than any budget in the entire movie industry, and that man won a award- that film won awards. Like it's it's to again I want again again props to Nick over here for doing what he did because it's again Nick used his resources and used his you know creativity to make something really unique and creative in his own house. Again he wasn't he wasn't hired by the studio, you know even though he should. Um, <laughs> thank <laughs> what, but again Nick I mean, you, you talk about it more as a, as a filmmaker who is you know we're all starting to make so we're all starting our own careers obviously but Nick mm-hmm. you were, you, for, the, for the research that you had to, to make you and Jake had to make for your movie do you feel like it's rewarding to be on your own time and on your own dime at the same time that rhymed. <laughs> bars. <laughs> bars. honestly honestly yeah because it's it's hmm
2: how, how should I word this? I'm going to try to keep this concise. I don't want to, I don't want to like bore you guys to, to death. No, not but at all. It's, there's something very, very gratifying when it's like, okay, here's an idea that I have for a story that I want to tell. And then, like you know, even though like we had a, a, a huge budget of zero dollars, like, it's like, how do you, it's like, how do you like work around that? How do you tell the story that you want to tell? And how do you tell it um, the best that you can? So, and then it's, like you, you, you write it, you plan it out, you do all of the, um, the uh, like you do the shot list for it, and you, know, you spend all this time on it. Like we, um, hopefully my, my former bosses aren't listening to this, but we even took days off of work just so we could have like extra time to film. Like we took, we took like a Friday and a, and a Monday off. And so we had like, yeah, we had that Friday off, and then we filmed all day Friday, like all day Saturday, all day Sunday, all day Monday. And it mm-hmm. was just, it was just nonstop. Like we were, we were having fun with it, but it was still like, you know, this is a little bit just kind of like mm, a little physically demanding, kind of, kind of mentally demanding. But you know, we we finished it, we released it, and then all the positive feedback because, like you said, we we won some awards. We got like a bunch of other nominations for awards, and the <laughs> fact that it's like we did it all on our own and we did it the way that we wanted to. Yes, like that's. That's kind of like the dream that's obviously that like any filmmaker would hope to be able to do that in the industry. Obviously, the industry is kind of like, yeah, you can tell your story, but you can tell your story how we want it to be told. So it seems like that would kind of just like take a little bit away from the experience. But it's fun. And like after after doing it, like obviously, you know, as a as a as a kid, the dream was to go to Hollywood. And while if I had an opportunity to to go to Hollywood and to make movies and to write movies, I would take it, but after that independent filmmaking experience, it's kind of shifted my uh, my perspective a little bit. It's like, okay, maybe I want to focus more on just one hundred, like having one hundred percent of the creative control over my own product. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, and hearing all these stories, like you're talking about Kathleen Kennedy and like all of this stuff, where it's like people kind of just, just coming in and like, yeah, I know this is what you want to, uh, this is how you want to do the movie, but we're actually going to do something else with it. It's like I. I really don't want that, man. I want to be able to tell the story exactly how I want to tell it, and you know, just I'll, I'll put it out there. And if you like it, great. If you don't like it, uh, I don't give a shit. I'm the one that made the movie, so fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's, it's kind of like that. You can either watch it or not watch it. Uh, but yeah, it's like hearing hearing about all this, um, all of these like production studio issues, and you know, directors leaving because of like creative differences and yada yada yada. It's it. it it has been a little bit like disheartening because now it's like, oh, okay, well, the dream isn't exactly how I thought it was going to be. So, yeah. Yeah. It's,
0: it's I, I, again, man, I, I really do. Um, again, I know we're all so proud of you for, you know, doing what you did because you, you, you stuck, you stuck with it and you believed in yourself. And I think that's what a lot of do filmmakers, good filmmakers do. Again, my two examples I, w- I will use all the time is, is uh, Richard Linklater and Spike Lee. These mm-hmm. two guys came from nothing they were not they grew up in the hollywood in the, in the industry the through the system whatever. they really did their own thing and you can tell like movies like days confused or do the right thing with spike it's these guys really bleeding themselves to really budget again budget their entire selves on this movie yes yeah slacker and um oh what was spike's first movie was a uh, uh, she's got she's gotta have it now, what was Spike's first? Movie? I'm trying to. Believe, what was his first movie? But anyway, these two get. Yeah, but again, Linklater and Linklater and Spike believe in those. Yep, yep. It was. She's got to have it. You know, go with me. Movie trivia. Um, <laughs> so it's these guys really believe in themselves. That, like, hey, this is what we want to do, and we're not in the industry. We're we're gonna do it ourselves, and then see what goes from there. And I think it's very really inspiring to us, you know, who want to be filmmakers and want to do stuff in the industry. It's betting on yourself. And like I said, Nick, you didn't have Kathleen Kennedy telling you you're far from your own projects. <laughs> you know, it's the idea of betting, betting on yourself and also like starting from your own. I know I think I think when Ray was here a few episodes ago, Ray was saying the same thing. You, gotta, you gotta believe in yourself, man. You gotta believe in yourself. You got to like trust the process of that. Hey, listen, I'm passionate about this and, and my work. You'll see it. Like this podcast that we host every week is that we are so passionate about we what we want to talk about what we do it shows in the show because we do believe in you know movie making and filmmaking that you know the magic of movie making and cinema and TV because it really it touches audiences you know all over the, all over the world and I tr- and I truly feel like what you did Nick was inspiring to me and to all, a lot of our friends because you went out and did it yourself you didn't have someone telling you don't do that don't do that do that you trust your gut and I think you were definitely you definitely were rewarded with the awards and the nominations. And again, that, that's just the start of, as, as a filmmaker. It's you, everyone, you're always building your brand. You're always, you're always, you know, elevating your game as a filmmaker, as a podcaster, as a producer, as a writer or whatever, or whatever you do, if you want to be a chef, you want to be a caterer or whatever, it's truly about believing in yourself and being on yourself because like you said, I mean, you know, one bad movie can cost you, or one bad show can cost you your career. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I want to point someone out that, that the, Josh Trank. Um, and I love again it, to, our, to our listeners, Josh Trank made one of the best movies in the past 10 years called Chronicle. It is a, f- awesome, it is a really, really well made movie, oh low budget, God. too. It's such I a good movie. Love that movie, that right. was
1: original.
0: That movie is that it's movie so goes good, hard, man. It, it holds it's up good. to this day so well. And but look, look what happened. He did Fantastic Four. We're, he made he made a really bad Capone movie. I, th- I think you saw it, Joe. You're like, bro, this movie sucks. You like a lot Tom Hardy. The movie, movie uh, the Al Capone movie with Tom, with Tom Hardy. No, no you I didn't like, watch it. Oh, someone someone told me it was like someone told, told me like, oh, bro, like I love Tom Hardy, but man, bro, this movie was. Uh. So again, it's you can have one, you can have one bad movie, you can have one bad show, and that might cost you your career. And that's the gamble of God being in the industry. is is you know you
2: you always always got to prove yourself man like you you can't fuck up
0: nope you you can't you gotta prove yourself man And it's very daunting and as someone who you know interned out there twice it's it's really about it's for it's cutthroat but it's rewarding mm-hmm. at the same time but it is cutthroat where it's like you really got to like prove yourself prove yourself prove yourself again i met people while I was networking out there like yeah i'm interning at this company blah blah blah. and they and they, although I said laughing oh how's that free how's that how's that free internship mm. it's it's kind of unfair because you know what like it, it's kind of unfair because you're it's it's you're doing you're doing the same work other people might be doing. But there's no reward to it, but and I know it's all about self reward. Yes, I'm doing this work yeah. for no money. But at the same time, I really do believe that I make, I'm making a change here, making a difference here. I'm I'm making something that I'm really proud of my artistic, you know, my my creative eye, you know, my creative voice, whatever. Because end of the day, if you believe, if you still believe in yourself that you can do this, it goes a long way. And again, it's. The dream is always to be you work in the studio, work with a big producer, work with a big filmmaker. Again, I think we saw we all saw that dream to, to for sure. But it, it's nice when you start off on your own. because you believe in yourself and you build up who you are as a creator, as a you know uh, a creative individual, freelancer, writer, producer, podcaster, whatever you want to do because you are betting on yourself and you are kind of like you're in charge of your own narrative, which I think is very important. And, and any in any any life aspect or any kind of life choice. But I think in entertainment and creative, in the creative space that we're in, it's very important to always believe in yourself because you got, you got to trust the process of who you are as a creative and also as someone who's a, who's a storyteller. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. And Thank on that no level, fellas, it's bedtime. It's bedtime. My milk's
2: <laughs> bubbling. I got my green tea on the way, too, man. About to take me a uh, nice little warm bubble bath with a glass of red
0: wine. Oh, um, that's actually pretty, sounds pretty, you know, can I join you actually? Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> Oh, wait, before you go, actually, a few things. Hey, one, first off, where can they find you on social media and on, you know, the, the Twitters, as kids say?
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, the Twitters. <laughs> I've, I'm familiar with this one. I've, I've heard about that one. Um, but yeah, Instagram, you can find me at Donning Vision. Same with Facebook. Um, you can find the Donning Vision podcast on youtube and basically anywhere else you find uh you find podcasts and uh yeah i've been nick johnson super super happy to 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 be here have this conversation with you guys like i love it and i love you guys so much man and i cannot wait till next thursday bro oh it's one of my favorite days of the week now
0: no yeah, we love you too actually one more, one more thing, actually one more thing i see one more thing real quick what is your one and ones of the week your one show you recommend to our viewers and our one movie you recommend to our listeners. Hmm. Let's see. Let's see. Ooh, let
2: me think. Let me think. Let me think. Okay, one movie. I don't know. I I'm pretty sure I have not mentioned this one yet. One movie I would recommend. It's a. Uh, it's from Summit Entertainment. Came out either 2009 or 2010. It's called Push. Had a uh, uh, Chris Great Evans movie. dude. I. Oh my gosh. I fucking love Very that underrated. movie. Chris Evans, Jimon really? Hansu, um, who mm-hmm. else was in it? Dakota Fanning was in it. Yep. It's it's kind of like <clears throat> this might not be like the best way to 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 describe it, but it's kind of like it feels like a really, really, really grounded version of the X Men. It's it's people mm-hmm. with abilities they're being chased by like government agents and stuff like that all around the world and um this isn't a spoiler but one thing i like about it one is you know again just how grounded the powers are they're grounded but they're still really unique and also it was i'm pretty sure it was filmed on location in china all of the lighting is natural so it just creates a very um um it creates a very unique look and feel to the film and it has it had a very interesting soundtrack too that i haven't really heard in any other a film like that uh let's see for the tv show hmm what tv show would i recommend fuck it smallville it's a that's superman origin yeah, story 2001 to 2011 and the thing i like about this is like it is <laughs> it, it is its own story there's a lot of like the, of the early 2000s and cw like effects and the romance type type stuff and all that drama stuff but again, like what we were talking about earlier, it focuses on the essence of Clark Kent. And it's not even about him being Superman. It's about him really just maturing into a man. It's just that that man, obviously, um, it happens to be Superman, but you see all of the trials and tribulations and all the sacrifices that he has to uh, go through. Uh, The writing is, is fantastic. The dialogue might be corny, but the writing is fantastic. And it's... It's one of my favorites Um obviously my favorite comic book character and uh I'm even I'm even rewatching it right now matter of fact I just got to season 8 actually a couple a couple of nights ago but um but yeah that's that's Good my one on one right there.
0: All right brother. Well, we love you man. Thanks for being the great co-host man. We do always appreciate you man you being you know bringing the bringing the energy to the show man. We we love you man. We really do.
1: Of oh,
2: course man. thank you. I love you guys too.
0: All right, brother. So next time, man. Next I've Thursday. just been
1: quiet because the dogs
2: have been barking. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> <laughs> no, I, I, I got myself. you, bro. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, love you, bro. I'm sorry. I love you, brother. Yeah, was, love you, me too, say, man. I'll catch you, I'll catch you guys on Thursday. Peace.
1: All
0: right, man. man we'll peace. You next week. Oh, man. What a guy, man. What a guy. Yeah, guys, definitely watch this short film, man. It's uh, on Donning Vision YouTube, man. It's Nick, to me, is very, he's a very good eye for uh, you know, cinematography as well as kind of like really like... Uh, unique uh, storytelling with like horror and thriller, and yeah, like I said, definitely worth the watch. Uh, yeah, Dying Vision Man definitely worth, Don't definitely worth giving it a chance. Um, what was the name, what was the name of his movie? I'm trying, I'm trying to find it. Was yeah, I remember watching like a thousand times. Get his analytics movie up for um, what his short film he made for his uh, the, one that, the one that won all the awards. Oh, um, yeah. who, who are you? It's called Who Are You, and again, it won a bunch of awards. I mean, the last of it's a 10 minute short film. And him and his roommate Jake, who's a super sweet kid, um, are really good at like directing stuff together and making stuff really kind of like feel feel really grounded as well as kind of just like um yeah, unique way of storytelling. So yeah, give him give him a watch, guys. Um. So on to the kind of like the usual part of the review. I'm going to give my review of Ben Affleck's new movie Air, which I saw last night at the AMC Stubbs. Uh, screening. Oh
1: yes, the Air Dude. Jordan movie. Yes. Air
0: Jordan, man. I got, I got, I got things, man. This movie, uh, man. I it's first off, I think Joe and I both agree on this. We're both Ben Affleck fans, both as a, both as an actor, but as a as a director. Like he's directed some really amazing projects like really amazing projects that really stuck with us you know, to this day. I will say though, I think his last project that he directed in 2017, the uh, gangster kind of like a mafia type of movie. I don't think that was for him. Again, I think he did his best. It was very, st- very, it had a lot of style to it. It was very like, um, stylized. And it was very like, a homage. to the like, go old gangster, untouchable, you know, good fellows kind of movies. But it just, to me, felt very flat. Had a great cast. I had like Zoe Saldana, I had Chris Cooper, I had, um, that uh, was the lead in it a lot, a lot of a lot of good um a lot of good actors but it just didn't work i don't think it worked as, as his one of his best uh directorial efforts so anyway for for our listeners air is a story of how uh 84 1984, they were below they were below very very low it was converse it was adidas converse were were running the shoe game like they had all the bigger players uh you know Converse had magic johnson larry bird adidas had like so adidas was kind of like the 80s of like the the stripe like the the the, the stripe uh the stripe uh, track suit you know run dmc really kind of like made adidas like a name on the planet because of like uh, my, my adidas the my adidas song and like they always wore the track suits and shoes and their videos and concerts so airs about how in 84 nike was struggling man they were struggling to find they're a basketball player, they're, you know, the person that they put all the money into for shoes and have, kind of like have a star athlete become like the face of their basketball division for shoes. So it's about, um, what's his name, Sonny, Matt, so Matt Damon who plays Sonny, what was the last name? I'm trying to think of his name right now, I'm putting my, my notes up right now as we speak. Uh, Sonny, with a V, I think it was called Sonny. And of course IMDB is not working. Yeah, Sammy Vaccaro, who plays like a Nike exec, he's like a scout, he's like a scout who looks for like good talent in high school as well as college. And uh, Ben Affleck plays uh, Phil Knight, I think the creator and the uh, CEO of uh, uh, Nike at the time and uh it's just about they're they're trying to get michael jordan michael jordan now is a rookie he signed with the bulls now this is it's, it's at an 84 he's by signing with the bulls he's with the bulls going to chicago and it's about how sonny vicaro just believed in michael jordan like he saw it he saw the tapes when he was playing in high school in college like this kid's gonna be the next great thing and so it's all about nike nike putting all their chips on the table they're gonna put all they're gonna put all their money on michael jordan but again, Michael Jordan at the time, he didn't want to be part of Nike. He wanted to be with Adidas. You know, everyone's going to Adidas. And he said, Converse had two of the best players, three of the best players. They had Dr. J, they had Bandit Johnson, Larry Bird. And Nike was kind of just like the very, very, like, you know, the, the pile of shit that no, no one wants no to be a part of. It. And the story, I, how I said it was, it, the, everyone brings their A game to this movie. The acting is superb. From Ben Affleck to Matt Damon to Jason Bateman to Viola Davis, who's phenomenal. Um, to Chris Tucker, man, I love seeing Chris Tucker back in movies now. Man. It's so, it's so fun to see him back and he kills it. And he, and he is a, he put, he has some funny moments to the, to the movie, but he brings so much heart to it from his perspective. And Marlon Wayans, Marlon Waynes is so good in his scene. I really enjoyed what he brought to as well. And I love seeing that, uh, Bile Davis's husband, uh, Julius Ten uh, T- Tenen played, um, uh, uh, her husband in the movie, and played Michael Jordan's. Uh, the, 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 uh Davis plays Michael Jordan's mom, and it's about how you know at the time you know Michael Jordan's mom was kind of like in charge of you know, you know, protecting her son, but also protecting her, her son's brand because you know, it's a mothers do mothers mothers you know protect you know their son and their children of like making sure they make the right decision and make the right you know choices in life. And it show how much like how, how much involvement she did uh, in Michael Jordan's like life uh, before he went to the NBA. And um, again, the writing of this movie is superb. I want to give the shout out to the writer of who I believe his name is Alex uh, Convery. Convery, and I was again really impressed with the writing. It was very like Aaron Sorkin writing. And um, the joke again for like, for a bi- sports drama biopic, it was really funny. Like, I was laughing out loud. Like way harder than I thought it was gonna be, and the audience I was with was all the jokes were landing. Everyone was laughing left and right. Everyone brought the everyone brought you know good sense of humor, a lot of heart to it. Um, yeah, I, I love seeing Ben Affleck back as a director. Uh, I think he is a great storyteller. It's good seeing him not direct a like uh, like genre type movie, which is what I mean like he's not doing The Town or Argo or Gone Baby Gone or Live by Night. He's doing like an actual kind of like grounded sports drama biopic with, with a lot of humor. And that to me very really refreshing because again, we're so used to seeing him as like action director or a thrill director with Argo and um and the town and Gone be gone. So I give Bath like, a lot of props for directing a non-thriller, non-crime movie. Because again, it was so refreshing. And it was good seeing him also take the backseat uh who he plays in the movie. He plays again plays Phil Knight, but he let he let Viol Davis, he let he lets Matt Damon run the show. He plays a for sure secondary character in his all movie, which I thought was very smart. He wasn't playing the lead like he does in most of his movies. He was definitely threw back backseat, but was very smart. He, he let my old Davis shine. He let my damage shine. He let Jason Bateman shine, which I think was a very good choice of him as a as a filmmaker and also as an actor. Um, my I do have a few things with the wrong with the movie. I do feel like the editing is a bit choppy at times. A lot of quick cuts, a lot of like kind of like a lot of a lot of fade-ins, like fade outs. It was very kind of like distracting at times. I think the editing could have been a bit cleaner and a bit like more um, cohesive. Um as well as the intro. you know, spoilers, they introduced one thing in the movie with uh, Bateman's character, who the VP of marketing at Nike. And it's kind of introduced very last minute, and it's not really brought up again at all. And I was kind of like, OK, I, I get why they brought it up. But also, I wasn't like, oh, they could have explored more into it, because I did want them to like bring it up again and explore more of his character. But it didn't bother me too much. But definitely that bothered me to a degree. I was like, they, never, they just brought it up. They just never brought it, brought it back up again. So that's my kind of my two gripes with it, the editing and that storyline. But um, to me, I Icon kind of told this movie was like to me, I pitched it as Moneyball meets Jerry Maguire meets the HBO show called uh, Winning Time, like about uh, the Lakers in the '70s, the huge dynasty of getting Magic Johnson. Um, it's a good combination of all three. But yeah, if you're a if you're a Ben Affleck fan, a Matt Damon fan, Viola Davis fan, or an Air Jordan fan or or a Michael Jordan fan, this movie hits all levels. Again, super impressed with it. It's again it's a great pace too. I'm really big on like how like pacing in movies now where I'm like, okay, it's dragging a little bit, let's get on with it. I was never bored. I was the, the quick two it took two hours, but it goes by fast. Like I, we were in and out of there. I was like the, the dialogue is very is very witty. It's very it's very, very it's well written and it's a very good quick dialogue, very witty. Um again, jokes, all the jokes were landing. Um, Like I said, it's it's fun seeing Matt Damon and Ben Affleck back working together too. I see the last movie called The Last Duel. I heard it's really good, but I haven't seen it yet. But it's fun seeing them back together. You know, again, this is the Good Will Hunting Boys. Like this is like an iconic duo in Hollywood. But I was really impressed with this movie. I was really, I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, And I thought it was, again, there's no spoilers. This was in the marketing. This was in the interviews, too, that Ben Affleck said, you know what? I'm not going to show you Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan is the best basketball player of all time. Yes, I said it. Yeah, deal with it. Michael Jordan is the best player who ever played basketball, and that will always be the same way if you ask me. And Ben Affleck said, you know what? I can't. Show you an actor playing Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan is too too much of a hero. He's too much, he's a, he's an icon. He's a legend. So they only showed the back of his head throughout the movie. That was very smart because they let Michael Davis kind of shine. They they let Matt Damon and you know Chris Tucker and the other actors kind of like do their thing because if you're focusing too much on Michael Jordan as the person, it going to weigh the story of how they got Michael Jordan, how how Air Jordan is the most most successful shoe 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 line ever to exist. I thought it was very very unique and very strong on Ben Affleck's part as a filmmaker because it was definitely not what people might expect of seeing a Michael, quote unquote Michael Jordan shoe biopic. So uh, the, the creative decision that was very impressive. Uh, okay, quick two hours. And I mentioned my, last night in my theater reaction, props to Amazon Studios for, for, for doing this. And this is the first wide release movie for Amazon Studios as a, as a uh, you know, movie studio, because in the past, they've done stuff like you know we're gonna do two weeks, no, we can maybe a week and a half in theaters and pull and put on Amazon, on Amazon Prime. And look at Netflix and Knives Out or the other movies. They put a week or two in, the, in theaters, boom, pulling it, putting it on Netflix next week. Amazon is committed to this movie 100% because they're giving us a wide release in major theaters Regal, AMC, uh, Harkins, uh, Cinemark. Every major theater will get this movie, not like a limited release only. No, they're giving us a wide release to all, all movie theater, all movie theater chains. And I again, if if I were you, to our listeners when I'm listening, I would definitely recommend seeing this in theaters. It's a crowd pleaser. Yeah, I saw the huge crowd last night at the screening. I, screening I was at, everyone was having a good time. They were laughing. People came out like smiling. People came out wanting to buy Jordans on their on their phones. I saw people trying to buy Jordans at, when when the, when the credits were ending. I'm like, good for them. This movie had the impact of like people wanted to like invest more of the story, also invest their money in buying Jordans. So I love this movie. Again, very, highly recommend. Um, it's worth the full price. Uh I'm giving this right now nine out of ten. It's probably my top ten of the year so far because I just love seeing again, me and Joel are Chicago kids. We grew we I'm Michael Jordan's one of our heroes. Like we grew up like you know, kind of watching him play it. I grew up grew up the legend that he is, and it's really into us Chicagoans. He's a he's a hometown hero of ours. Again, he's he's the goat he's the best player of all time so if you're a michael jordan fan this movie's for you if you're a sneakerhead this movie's for you i thought it was really really well made one of the probably the best scripts I've, i probably i've heard in a long time the dialogue, dialogue was just so 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 um entertaining to, entertaining to hear and again it just it made the movie go by quick so recommend air it comes out in theaters uh worldwide uh well, sorry, domestically uh april 5th next wednesday Seeing in theaters, it's a really fun movie. Again, I love seeing Ben Affleck back as a director because I think he's a great storyteller when it comes to directing um, larger-than-life stories. So, yeah, that's my review of Air, which I can highly recommend. I know. Sounds good, man. No, you man. Again,
1: really ham on that that fucking review holy dude, shit
0: oh dude <laughs> this movie man i'm t- again i, I was kind I skeptical because I, 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 we're both Ben Affleck fans but dude, it really just like stuck with me and it really just like was so refreshing to see a really fun biopic again this is like a masterclass in acting and okay one thing i will say too is that i wish they gave Marlon Wayans more time I think Ronald Wayne's also a great dramatic actor. Like You see him in things. He's a great actor. Who comes yeah, I'm to glad dramatic he's stuff.
1: expanding on his acting. Me too, dude. He is a Me. good actor. Like I don't like him actor. being typecast. And...
0: Or the typical, you know, his parody movies, which, which we enjoy... <laughs> for enjoy. yeah,
1: for the most part. But, he, but he's yeah. but he's
0: more than that as an actor. He's more than that as an actor. Oh, yeah. And I wish he, I yeah. wish they gave him more time. I wish they gave him more time in this movie because I think he could have brought a little bit more to the table with his with with the his story. But it was fun seeing him and again. His scene that he's in, he kills it, man. His dialogue is very, very, very on point. And again, I really did enjoy. Uh, everyone involved yeah, it's a master class of acting. I, it's everyone brings their a game Like I said, Chris Tucker stole the show for me because it was fun seeing him back in the movies, man I haven't seen Chris Tucker in a movie oh, yeah, in a long time I, and,
1: back in movie.
0: Dude, he's having a fun time. He has a big smile on his face the entire movie. I've seen him in interviews recently He's having so much fun and he has great chemistry with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. So very impressed with this and getting he,
1: he is very much so like because he does really well in movies because like he, remember, he did cuz every movie of saying like with Jackie Chan with uh Bruce Willis in the Fifth Element with yeah. uh, so was it Silver Lining playbook That's, right Silver Lining playbook he did well he was with great uh reading in that how i i forget his name um Brother Cooper bradley cooper like he does really well he is really like he really connects with people because he he just you could tell he is a funny genuine guy like he's really cool he really is so when he does an acting like when he acts when he does an acting jesus christ when he acts like he 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 makes like i feel like since he's such an easygoing guy and such a genuine person i feel like he he can do really well like chemistry wise with actors
0: Dude, yeah, him and Matt Damon have some have some of the best scenes in this movie, and you can tell like their chemistry is very genuine, and they're just like having a fun time. And like I said, it just it was it just it was refreshing to see him back in a movie, but like it just it just fun seeing him just like do his thing and kind of just like in, and just enjoy himself. So I just again he he was probably one of the best parts of the movie, and I was very impressed with you know what he's able to do in this role. So again, shout out to you, Chris Tucker, man. Good seeing you back, my friend.
1: Yes, good seeing you back. I'm happy we grew up with you, so you know we love you and everything you've done. Um, what was I gonna say? I have... Oh, Go ahead. I watch a knock on the cabin.
0: All right, my friend, I've been waiting for you to hear this. Hear this review. All right, floor is yours, my friend. I fucking
1: loved it. <laughs> I fucking loved it. It was so good it was it was different it was really mm-hmm. different it like mm-hmm. story-wise is very creative and a really good way to to introduce it uh all the actors were really amazing and made you like feel that And the ending was so good the ending and how they portrayed it you know it wasn't just like a i feel like people when they first start watching the movie, they're gonna think of a legend thing, but really and and at the end of it, I think it's really cool. And man, Bautista brought yeah. it, dude. He's <laughs> killing it with his acting. I love man. this man so much. This character, oh my god. Yeah. I loved it. It was so good. He did so well. I was watching this, I was like, oh my god, I love you, Bautista it was i had a problem with the beginning of how mm-hmm. zoomed in they were on their faces yeah okay. when him he was you know having a dialogue with the little girl mm-hmm. it was a little way too zoomed in i didn't like that angle because it's very unflattering for the actors even the little girl's <laughs> <It> Like <is. laughs> you don't need to be that close it's, it's it's making you feel awkward and i feel like it's a little awkward because you know you know he's having this conversation with the little girl she doesn't know him she's a little worried um you know so i get if that's what they're trying to portray but at the same time it was just like very awkward like you, you did not need it was unflattering as well you know not saying like they're ugly or anything it's just like it was anyone close. in that close of a thing especially the way they angled the cameras because they they angled it like sort of from the from the angle of the actors themselves yeah you know so you know you're she's looking up but he's not that close you know so i don't feel like they needed to be this like in your face you know what i mean it's just very unflattering very i didn't mm-hmm. like that but overall the movie was really well characters were re- well written story was well written i think is very intriguing of how they portrayed what they plan to do in this movie? You want to know how I figured out though that it was on Peacock? How'd you figure it out? Uh, I watched. What was it? I think I, it was either Kung Fu Panda Three or no, no, no. no. It was. Uh, it it was uh Was it no? Kung Fu Panda Three is on Netflix. It was uh, a uh a, a Puss in Boots movie. Because I've been like seeing it oh, a lot of yeah. people talking about it,
0: so That's I was really like, oh, "I'm
1: gonna watch it." So I watched it because I first watched Kung Fu Panda three, and I was like, "Man, I haven't seen the new Puss and Boozer movie. I really want to watch it." So I looked up on Google where to where I could possibly watch it because it's not on Disney Plus. It was on Peacock. So I was like, fucking fuck yeah. So my brother has Peacock. I hopped on Peacock, watched the Puss in Boots movie, which was really good because that villain killed it. I loved that villain. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. That was such a well-written villain. I wish I had more of it. It was so dope. And then, uh, and then I was just scrolling through Peacock because I'm like hardly ever on it. And I checked, and I was looking like through the list and everything, and I saw a knock on the cabin. And I was like, "Oh shit! All right, let me watch this." And I watched it, and I loved all three movies I watched that day. Which is Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> this is in order: Kung Fu Panda Three, Puss in Boots, <laughs> Knock on the Cabin. I was like, "All right, <laughs> fucking
0: yep. great day." Good one to end with too is the knock of the cabin.
1: <laughs> yeah. Honestly, if I, if I ended with any of those movies, it would still been great. Because honestly, like all, because yeah. Kung Fu, because Jack Black, what man, what he does for Kung Fu Panda, he really puts his heart into it. Like no, he does. The creators and everything, writers, because it's just so well written. And I, I love. What, what's the company that does Puss in Boots and. DreamWorks on food panda dreamworks they mm-hmm. do so well especially for the villains they do so well for every single character i fucking hate disney but <laughs> sorry i can't uh, uh, like...
0: and, 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 you're you're putting your to your opinion that's
1: <laughs> yeah it's, it's all me <laughs> no one else uh but dreamworks does so well like they really kill it they're like they they do so such amazing work with the animation, the stories, the characters, the villains. Like it, they really do really well. So I really do love the movies because the villains are killing it. Really within, within these movies, the characters mm-hmm. are great, but the villains are really carry these movies and they do so well. You know. So yeah, uh, you do you have P-Cock or no uh
0: yeah, we do, we do. I think I got. I think yeah. Definitely yeah, check out a... the Puss
1: in Boots movie, bro, because really well. Like, really cool. You gotta watch it, dude. I, I really heard. like it. I, really I everyone's like it. everyone's raving about it.
0: Everyone's raving yeah, about no,
1: it. Yeah, no, That's why I had to watch it. I was like, a lot of people are talking about it. I, I need to see this. Uh, I wanted to watch Kung Fu Panda 2, but that's like nothing. You gotta buy it on, like, Amazon and your weird. Yeah, that's they weird. have Kung Fu Panda 1 and 3 on Netflix, I believe.
0: Too. Huh. I, I, it. I, I like, wonder. it's weird. <laughs> that's, that's. You would think that the trilogy. You would think they would have a. Um... They'd
1: have all three movies on there, but they don't. Because I remember, I didn't watch Kung Fu Panda two. Oh really? Yeah, I never saw it.
0: I think. Uh... That's what we paid for when we saw The Hangover to back in the day. We we bought tickets for a kung fu panda. We too. bought and tickets we saw,
1: for kung fu panda. Yeah, I remember. That. I was like, they both have two in it. Let's do that. We do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're like, yeah, might, might as well. And they're not gonna. Well, yeah. They're not gonna do anything. Yeah, I, I've I, I like I, one to me. The one to me, the animation that is is outstanding. It's 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 gorgeous yeah, to look Jack at. Jack Black is always such a great character.
1: Who person. I thoroughly I love, love Jack Black. Black. I fucking love Jack Black, so dude.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Well, yeah, we're well, glad you like "Knock in the Cabin." It's yeah, it's honestly what well, I think what's one of M Night's better movies in the past couple of years, where he he was doing something different. It, yes, it was typical. It was definitely like you know, definitely like his M Night isms for sure. But I feel like he focused more on character as well as like just like the idea of like the apocalypse, and what that might do to people, and I was very impressed with how he's able to, again, bring, again, like I said, Batista brings it, Batista to me gets better and better with all his movie season. I really do believe that, and I, I like that big act directors like and I like Denis Villeneuve, are really giving him, or Sam Man is giving him a shot to, like, act, again, again notice to other wrestling actors, I'm not saying that whatsoever, but you can tell that Batista's really trying to, like, explore his range, and trying to, like, do different roles he's doing he, he's not playing the buff muscly guy every time like you can tell like he's trying to bring something more like he's trying to bring emotion to his characters like later on in 2049 when he, in the movie where he's trying to like you know him and ryan got that like, a huge uh confrontation but he's just trying to be he's bringing a lot of human elements to his character so i think it's very impressive as him as a performer but again m 9 casting him as i was, I was gonna the say lead.
1: name but i was like I, if we ever listen to this I- I wouldn't want to meet him, so I was gonna be like, "Yeah," and then I was gonna say, it, "Damn!" But I was like, no, "I shouldn't," because <laughs> I was like, it, it, "I would say it's a joke," but at the same time, it's a little true.
0: But uh, <laughs> uh, next, next time, next time, but uh, next time, next time. But yeah, I, I was yeah. I'm glad you liked it because it was def. It's just, it was very. Oh, yeah. It was definitely. Bautista,
1: M. Night. I. I heard good things about Knock on the Cabin, but I didn't I didn't feel like a lot of people honestly watched it. No, you know it I came mean? out and
0: no one saw no one only really saw it, dude. Which is a shame because
1: Bautista has such through throughout the years like people have not been noticing or thinking about Bautista doing like these serious movies and characters that you wouldn't think he would really do. Like with um Blade Runner. You know what I mean? That character was really well. Like he is a very soft spoken man. Really, just he's broken. Just intelligent. Just really good. Like playing that character and to sort of see him do this in a different way in this movie, I really did enjoy that. And so he yeah. he's doing so well. So I don't want him to be typecast. I would hate when when actors are typecasted because you don't let them expand on who they are. You know what I mean? It's like it's like seeing an art an, an artist do one type of painting and be mm. like, do that every single time. Don't try to do a different type of artwork. You know yeah. what I mean? Where it's like, he's he's so well. He's really talented. So, the, the fact that no one saw this movie is a really big shame. So, I'm going to say that that's my movie for my one one Oh, nice, good. good <laughs> like Knock on the cabin because that movie is really good. Fucking, it, it's on Peacock, guys. So if you guys got Peacock? You have a friend that has Peacock? Just fucking watch that shit because it's so good. Like, dude, it's so it's it's creative. It's new. It's everything that me, Doug, and Nick constantly talk about on this is that something that will be refreshing something that is different something that's creative this is that movie well written well shot within a limited space by the way Mm -hmm. uh and with a small and it's not even that it's a it's what like an hour and something minutes, hour 35 it's a quick quick hour and a half minute you all got time right before bed you know, y'all are doing something. Y'all watching some dumb show that you're just like, whatever, it's on. If you got a Peacock, put the fucking movie on. Put the fucking movie yeah. on because it's so well. Characters are great. Cinematography, character building, story building. Like, the actors, all the actors are so good. And I, I understand what you were talking about with uh, the guy who played Ron Reesley. Uh, I Yeah, uh,
0: oh my God. Uh, remember rupert grins
1: R- rupert he holy shit dude that fucking
0: totally
1: oh he really changed his like that accident's gone he's american fuck boy oh he does so yeah. well he does so and he he's not even in a movie that long like like just fucking watch the movie it's so good it's so good just watch the movie it's so great i fucking loved it and bautista deserves all the actors in that movie deserve mm-hmm. to be seen doing their characters and doing so well especially bautista doing a character that i know you guys did not think do not think he could do he does it he has fucking he has it he has the acting chops fucking give him his credits because that's a good fucking movie and he did fucking phenomenal
0: like, dude, it, it's nice to see what because he's he's more than this Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers, he's yeah. way more than that. Yeah, more than that. Yes, and he went, I you know, I love that. too. he he credits James Gunn a lot for helping him get get to the point of his career because James Gunn give, did give him a chance and uh, to play Drax and you know these huge movies. But I see him in interviews and stuff like that, and he's very like, you know, what, I'm grateful for that, but I don't want to be dragged the rest of my life i want to i want to do different roles anyway i think that movie was not the, the movie that 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 i mentioned wasn't that received well but i thought army of dead too. the zombie movie was zack snyder he killed in that movie it. too i thought he it's long it's a little long for a little long for a zombie movie but because it's I thought, a
1: prequel to was it fucking? it's a prequel of that old ass movie
0: Oh no! It's it, it's 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 a same title but n- not a prequel. It's funny. I, th- I thought it was too. It's but not it's just,
1: because I keep hearing people talk
0: about. It. They made they made a prequel for Army of the Dead last year called Army of Thieves. I still haven't seen that. But oh, now uh,
1: Okay, there we go. Army That's of Thieves is a thought. prequel
0: to that, but Army of the Dead is okay. like Snyder doing his own thing again with zombies, but. As again, yeah, for zombie, you know, zombie, you know, the high, you know, Snyder esque, you know, high, you know, you know high you know, octane zombie movie, he really shined in Army of the Dead. And I was very impressed with him because he showed him like who he's playing as a survivor, as you know, as a protector, as a father, as you know, someone who lost people. It's he did really good in Army of the Dead. And I think he shined, he probably was one of the best parts of that movie. I still have fun with that movie, I had a lot of flaws with it, but he really did a good job of bringing emotion was a zombie apocalypse through his character so it's worth the watch for sure I, I think you would like it but it is a little it's two and a half hours it's you know, on netflix
1: it. so i'm down it's long
0: worth the watch i think i think you like it and it's very he shines a lot in that role too so man props to you batista man i love seeing you in different roles and expanding your you know your your way as an actor it's 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 really re- rewarding to see you kind of how, you, how far you come and, and you know also just again you see you seeing yourself in different roles that you can you can do this you are you're testing yourself too so, as a performer so yeah and props to you batista Really. all right man all right so you one of the so my little door one-on-one the weeks so you want to tell ben do you want to tell what our as always what our one-on-ones are for the show right yes sorry <laughs> um
1: so our one-on-ones, we do this every week, and we—I uh, always introduce it because you never know. And so, I'm just like, let me check out this episode. Let me see if I might like this podcast. So, welcome a viewer who decides to just randomly click on a random episode and listen. Uh. <clears throat> Our one-on-ones are when me and Doug, and you probably heard it earlier, Nick, each grab one movie and one show that we think is underappreciated, not watched, or just overall underrated, uh, or unknown, that we think you will really like, or at least put on your watch list to eventually watch it in the future. Uh, me and Doug have done it. We have our lists and we watch things eventually. Um, so hopefully you will like this or at least put it on your list for a future watch. Um, I'll go first since we have already heard one of them, which was A Knock on the Cabin. Really good movie. Really great. Fucking loved it. Definitely give it a watch. Uh, my show. Uh, uh a lot of people already watch this show so Hmm that's hard to say <laughs> uh cuz i've just been watching one show recently. it's just a pretty popular show anyways uh it's done they just recently did a movie but uh sure i'll i'll talk about the show uh Teen Wolf uh the Teen Wolf show that started years ago uh did you just say oh god oh oh
0: that's a good one i said that's a good one (laughs) okay i was uh, like hey man (laughs) the nerve of you man (laughs) (laughs) how dare you
1: i will i will forget about it (laughs) 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 it's (laughs) it's a Basically, it's a teenager who gets turned into a wolf and the crazy shit that happens to his life, friends, family, and town following the supernatural. You guys have probably heard about it. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a really good show. I started rewatching it again. They have a movie out. I probably won't watch that, but no offense to the show. But I, I, I feel like, you know, why I remember how it ending towards. I, I watched watched the season i watched the second to last season so i feel like the last season will probably be a good ending for me but it's a really good show really great actors you know you got tyler posey you got uh what's her name ah, fucking. Ah, shit emily reed or something like that uh and yeah. uh dylan o'brien like a lot of actors uh quite a few of the big you know Are decently well known, came from the show. They do a lot of great work. Uh, The guy who plays Derek is uh, Superman and Superman and Lois Show. Uh, So, you know, a lot of good acting. Uh, You're going to think it's cheesy at times, and, you know, obviously shirtless dudes constantly because, you know, why not? There's no need for it, but. They're there, uh, but yeah, it's a good show overall. Good writing. Uh, I like the character building. Very interesting, and Dylan O'Brien's just hilarious. Has styles, yeah, definitely give it a check out. It's your time, Doug.
0: Yeah, do it. I team wolf? Um, let's see. Um, so I think this week I'm gonna have a theme into this week's episode that we by about, about air. Uh, so I'm gonna keep it michael jordan slash ben affleck theme for my my choices of the week uh for my movie of the week i'm going with probably my favorite ben affleck movie which is the town which i think is his best movie as an actor as a director as a writer uh the town to me i remember seeing it i was in eighth grade and i said oh my god it just it just stuck with me because i was so amazed by like Ben Affleck as a filmmaker, as well as, like, just being so invested with these characters. So, the town is about, came out in 2010, it's about the group of bank robbers in, um, in, uh, was it? Charl- Charleston, uh, Boston, Boston, I want to say, or Massachusetts, uh, town in Boston, or whatever, and this town is known to have the highest bank robberies in all of America, Uh constantly hit by, by bank robbers. And It's about these four guys who are like the the best of what they do at bank robbing in Boston. Never got caught. They've, they've been doing this for a year. And it's him, It's Ben Affleck, Jeremy Renner, uh, Blake Lively, John Hamm. And it's just about you know, it, no matter what, no matter how much you how much you get into, how much money you get, it's not never never is enough. And the more the more robbers you do, the bigger the trace you have on your on yourself. And the more the feds are on you, the more the FBI is on you, the more the CIA is on you. It just never. No matter how much, you can never get out uh, clean. And it's such a phenomenal movie. I, I can watch it all the time. I just love watching it every time I watch it. And there's a line that means and will always quote to each other all the time. Like, ooh, TikTok or they text. And there's a scene that's so Way good. Way
1: before TikTok. Bro.
0: Way yeah. before TikTok. Uh, but wherever we see it, we always share it to each other. No matter where right. we see it or on Twitter or wherever we see it. And it's, it's such it, the writing is so good. It's so gritty. It's very dark. It's violent, but it has some of the best performances ever. And you know, for bank robbers, I to spoil anything. But for bank robbers, you feel for these guys. You feel for, even though you know the terrible people, you're you're rooting for these guys. You're rooting for them to win, but you're also rooting for them to like, hey man, this is the last one. Get out, get out while you can. And it's just a great gritty drama. It's. It's again, how, yeah, It's just a, It's really about like a character study about bank robbers and what they what they do and how they spend their money and you know who they hang out with and who they're involved with. And it's so good. It's really one of the I think Ben Affleck's best films as a director as an actor. Uh, I think it's on HBO Max, I believe, still. But it's a phenomenal movie. I love. I probably one of my favorite movies of all time. It's so good, and it shows how well a director Ben Affleck can be when it comes to like. Uh, you know, directing a uh, huge ensemble cast, as well as, you know, directing uh, action and thriller and crime. So I highly recommend The Town. And for my show this week, I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to do a docu-series, actually. And that is called The Last Dance, which is all about the dynasty of the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, Dennis Rodman, um, Phil Jackson as the coach. And it's kind of like a really, it's a huge, 10-episode episode. Um, Docu series about the rise and the dynasty of the Bulls and how they were the best team ever. How Michael Jordan is the best player of all time. He's the goat when it comes to uh, basketball players. And to me, I'm I'm not like a huge documentary docu series person, but this came out during right the height of COVID when COVID for COVID you know hit everybody. Like this came out at the right time. Everyone was everyone has been to watch. Everyone has been to watch every week with every Sunday when it aired on ESPN. Um, and it just it's it's unfiltered. It's uncensored. It's really raw you see it's the interviews with michael jordan the entire team of the basketball of the bulls uh team you know people that played against michael jordan people who played against the bulls is that they're kind of like testimonials their side of the story and for a docu-series it drags you in in the first five minutes and it's just a great study about the ride the rise also the fall of the bulls and how again they were the best team air jordan you know everyone to be like, like mike Everyone wanted to be. Everyone wanted to play with Michael Jordan, and you know, yes, you you see him in the light. He he was very, he was very harsh on his teammates, but at the same time, he got he he was harsh on his teammates, but he got people to deliver. He got people to do the best they can in the game. He brought it out of them. Like he was very intense. He was very competitive. But you know, that's that's the that's the that's the greatness of Jordan. He was able to do that with his teammates and make them better. Yes, is he the most likable guy in the world? Probably not. But you can't deny it. he's definitely the best player of all time when it comes to basketball and the way he's able to, you know, make a legacy. You know, like that in the movie, it shows too. His shoe line is the most successful shoe line ever to ever to exist. Like four hundred million dollars, like per year at the you know the, the revenue it makes uh, with his shoes. So, um, it's a phenomenal docu series on Netflix. Ten episodes, like hour hour and a half episodes, but they're so intriguing and you just see like this raw. It's raw, unfiltered, just like really like deep dive into who the Bulls were, who Michael Jordan was, who Scottie Pippen was, who Phil Jackson was, who's, who Dennis, Dennis Robin was, who Steve Kerr was. And, and if you're not a sports fan, I get it. But if you're a documentary fan or a series fan, at least watch this because it's so fascinating. It's so intriguing. And they do such a great job of just kind of like showing how legendary these, these players were and how legendary Michael Jordan is and how iconic he is. So again, my movie this week is The Town. Uh, directed by Ben Affleck, sorry Ben Affleck and my uh, show of the week is a docuseries called The Last Dance which is on Netflix so worth the watch on both of them and I hope you enjoy it if, uh, if you do watch them and That was mine of the week my friend You want to close this out as always? Yep. Did we lose? Oh I think it was a uh... Sorry
1: uh, <laughs> I accidentally <laughs> oh, yeah. remear myself <laughs> You're good, You're uh, good. You're good. you. Good. Uh, I said both were really good, by the way. Really yeah, good. Funny as so fuck with the with the Last Dance. Because uh, <laughs> hey, Michael dude, Jordan it's... is just a character, bro. Like this man is like legit crazy. He's I legit, he's fucking nuts, <laughs> right? He's like, I was like, I scored. It was so amazing and everything, and I just look at Michael Jordan. And he's serious, and he goes, "That's the last shot you're gonna ever sh- you're gonna shoot in this game." And he cuts of Michael Jordan, he's like, "And I took that personally." he's That's like hilarious. he didn't even give a fuck about you. He was just happy scoring. Like, like this is yeah, crazy dude. <laughs> No, bro. You, if Dude's you, not- you playing against
0: MJ, man, you had to <laughs> bring your A. You had to bring he's your A game, nuts. <laughs> Michael. You're yeah, <laughs> <He's> not serious. Going- <laughs> Oh man, dude, it's such a good. I'm honestly might rewatch. Actually, I think I bought it on a Glims edition like box set. I, I don't only, like, yeah, you know, I still buy movies and shows, but I don't buy TV shows. I bought that one because of how much of a Bulls fan I am, and how much I love Michael Jordan, how like, he's the goat. So I kind of currently it after seeing Air because Jesus, man, it's such a great docu series, and it shows how much like. How legendary how and how iconic Michael Jordan was and how he was how the Bulls were just like the best team ever for that for those years with, when he was on the team. So yeah, it, it's so good. But yeah. Like I said, one the one's of the week. But yeah, my friend, do honors of close closing us out, please.
1: Uh yes. <clears throat> Thank you to our listeners for coming here another Thursday Well, not even Thursday Thursday for us probably Friday for you thank you for coming and listening to our podcast and just uh, joining us on our journey through our nagging our our uh, exploration of what we how we tree fill and hopefully we gave you some good insights and you know a different view uh, way of viewing some of our subjects or just you know uh having a similar thought towards you during towards certain things like fucking horror fandoms (laughs) or maybe something that you might want to have a conversation with someone else uh that you disagree on of what we said or with us and comments uh and posts that we do uh but do keep it friendly because we don't want to fucking block you and ban you like we do like criticism, but we do not want hate. We don't no. we re sending hate towards anyone, so we would not like to receive hate. We'll,
0: we'll pull Kevin Kennedy on you and fire you. <laughs> we'll fire you
1: from our Instagram, man. <laughs> we'll fire you. We'll figure out how to
0: fire you we'll from figure Spotify, out.
1: okay? There's a will, there's a way. <laughs> there's a will, there's a way. With this generation, we could can cancel you because cancer culture is real. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, so uh, anyways, Enough with the joking, uh, but seriously, no hate, please. We we just want to share our love for this. So, yeah. Uh, but anyways thank you for coming. Uh, and hopefully you join us again for our next episode for our next podcast. And you do go ahead and share us. Uh, I'm pretty sure Doug has already uh plugged himself. I think you know well, you know uh. We have an Instagram. I have an Instagram. Uh, It's all in our link tree on Instagram and shit like that. Uh, But yeah, thank you again for being here. We love you we truly truly do appreciate you for making this dream come true it's not a big thing it's not a huge thing but it's a dream come true to be able to talk about things we love uh so hopefully you do come again and uh you share us with some people that would enjoy to join you and our other listeners all right have a good night good day great day at work stay positive love y'all bye